Velkommen til nummer 134 av Critical Encounters, en podcast om Marvel Champions, et levende kortspel av Fantasy Flight Games. Her skal vi ta en god kikk på den mest kritiske delen av spillet, utfordringssetter. Vi skal diskutere de stakkars misforståtte karakterene, urettferdig marka, kjeltringer og deres planer for å forme menneskeheten og tjene planeten, i tillegg til de såkalla helterne oppsatt på å hindre dem. Jeg er Stig Morten Breiland, og her er dine verter, Daniel, Steve og Mike. That was great. Thank you, Steve, for reading that. Yeah, folks have heard us mention it before. Norwegian, that must mean we're doing some sort of Norse something tonight, right? Mm, the best Maybe. kind of thing there is. We're all here tonight, but... Um, yeah. Hi, Mike, how are you? I am out of this world. Woo. And uh, Daniel, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Did I schnack or Norsk? Did you just ask me what's on my mind tonight? Steve, I did. All right. Well, great. Actually, I said I speak Norwegian, but that may oh. also means, Steve, <laughs> what's on your mind tonight? Uh, let me tell you what's on my mind tonight. We got an email. Um, oh, good. From Rob K. You all probably remember he wrote into us back on issue 126, and he was all concerned about his interest in the X-Men characters. Or lack of interest. Correct. Right. Yeah, the status of his interest. <laughs> uh, we had we Daniel and I gave our thoughts. Some people talked on the Discord about it, and so Rob wrote back to us and he said, after listening to the show, seeing and seeing the new FFG articles specifically about Mojo, he wrote back and he said, "Okay, lads, the new Mojo Mania scenario pack has me totally sold on X Men for Marvel Champions. Mm. I can't wait to hear your opinions on it uh, on one of the shows coming up." regards rob so uh we uh we saved a a player i love it i love it i wasn't on that episode i believe i think i had to leave that night you were not on it that's correct okay i am in the same boat as rob i'm not that thrilled about x-men so i was gonna leave the show but uh thanks guys you've uh (laughs) if you're gonna stick it out i'm gonna stick it out and yes mojo mania looks amazing absolutely amazing i'm glad you're gonna stay mike um I sympathize with Rob here. There. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm excited for X-Men. Unless they don't give us Iceman, then that's it. I'm burning everything down because mm, that's, that's my fair. guy. That's my guy. I want him. So You're like one of those guys on like the comment streams while they're doing things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'll go all internet on you. I like the conversation <laughs> on the Discord we had where we said you know, that, that first adventure where you're in the arena. I mean, you got to go up against a T-Rex with a flamethrower. Yes, that sounds built sounds for fun. modular sets. It looks awesome. Well, there's also something else on my mind tonight. What's that, Steve? Well, FFG just put out an article all about community contributors and some new deck ideas. And Daniel, would you know it? But they picked Mike's deck to spotlight on their webpage. Isn't that cool? I I am so thrilled and proud. Of our young boy. Oh, it was an honor. It really was. And I gotta That's say, awesome. today, I had a craptacular day getting up and just stuff at work. And I didn't have time to do anything, but I knew my phone was blowing up. And people were saying the nicest things. Yeah. I got so many messages people with people. You're all so very kind. No, it really was an honor. I, I did that how many months ago? Four months? Five months? 
It has been a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and then it was, <laughs> I'd almost forgotten about it too. And it was cool to see him print. It was yeah. weird they didn't use my Iron Man deck, but maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and now I get yeah. why Mike said he was out of this world because that's the name of his deck. Um, see, I can do but... it too. Uh huh. Oh uh-huh. gosh, yeah. that's a good. All right. Yeah. I just thought you were in Niflheim, is all. <laughs> that is out of this world. True. Steve, what are we doing tonight? We are doing Going to Niflheim. Yeah, part one of Hella, the fourth mm. scenario in the Mad Titan Shadows box. We are gonna learn all about the goddess of death. I guess uh, you're you're the man, Daniel. You're gonna tell us all about her. Well, I know that when it's Norse time, we look to my scholarship and academia. So before we dive into the game's version of this character, which as, as a Norse myth guy, I kind of quibble with what they've done. I want to talk about the real hell, not Hela, and what significance she has to the myth system in general. Is that all right, guys? Sure. You're not going to talk about the card game? No. Daniel, not what is not this? A, not at all? Nah. Okay, I will a little bit. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> all right. Just a little. But, you shocked me, Daniel. You shocked uh, me. <laughs> well, why talk about something I don't really know anything about? <laughs> all right. So, all right. Well, perhaps not surprisingly, Hell's story starts with Loki, as all good things do in Norse mythology. So, Loki had two wives. He had the kind and doting Sigyn and a secret wife a giantess named Ungerboda. With the latter, he had three children, three terrifying creatures who would have meaningful roles in Ragnarok, which, of course, we all know is the end of the world and the Norse gods, right? Yeah, yeah. So there was Fenrir, the wolf, Jormungand, the world serpent, and the oldest, a daughter, Hel. Now, when Odin found out about these three, he was rightly concerned, and so he took it upon himself to isolate or imprison them for as long as he could. Fenrir was bound, Jormungand was cast into the deepest depths of the seas, and Hel was sent to Niflheim, the underworld. Now, the cinematic universe turns Hel into sort of a fantastically villainous Hela, but the real Hel wasn't so bad. Um, She was grim, a little foreboding. But she had a job to do, gentlemen, and that was to administer to all those who died of sickness, accident, or who were cowards in life. Now, heroes and butt kickers, of course, go to Valhalla. The rest of us, we go to hell. Okay? And that, I imagine that's quite a bureaucracy. You can't escape that, even in death. No. No. Um, (laughs) Zero chance. Now, I take take a little problem with you saying that we would go to hell, because I feel like we're all butt kickers. I mean, you said heroes and butt kickers. If we I, did, butt, I did, okay. We're, we're pretty good villains. All right. We'll head to Valhalla. You're right. All right, good. Okay, go on. All right, now, again, she wasn't evil, just sort of joyless, and Niflheim is like a dreadful realm, to be sure. Now, Hel wasn't really a goddess, though she seems portrayed as such often, but she was really a giantess like her mother, and it's this lineage that most places her in opposition to the Asgardians. So in some stories, though, she sides with Loki and Ragnarok, rides with him on the boat, Nografar, which is the one constructed of dead people's fingers and toenails, fingernails and toenails. Isn't that great? I love that image. Now, I'm not really a fan of that theory, though, as her character, such as it is, and she's not really all that well developed in the myth system. Her character would be like kind of too disinterested in such an undertaking. Her one bit of fun in the stories 
is making it nearly impossible for the beloved Boulder to get out of hell once he dies. Uh, and that kind of colors her image a bit darkly. Because um, generally, when people went to her, she wanted them to stick around. But, like, that was her job, right? Okay. Um, so, lastly, the descriptions of hell don't suggest that she looks anything like Lady Galadriel. <laughs> Rather, she's depicted as being kind of half-beautiful, but grim and foreboding, um, like a half-beautiful woman, and half-rotting corpse. Which hell? Oh. Which is awesome i love that now i always liked i any art that i've ever found that you know shows her i always like the ones that sort of show the separation along the vertical right so she like present the pretty side of her face to you and then she like turns this like worm ridden grinning skull your way to freak you the hell out Mm, nice yeah so have that image in your mind and that part the comics do stay true to a certain to certain aspects of her character which is which is pretty cool um, the movies change her to sort of being unrecognizable to the myth character, I think. But um, the comics do a pretty good job. Anyway, uh, Marvel's changed her. The movies, she's, you might remember in Ragnarok, she shows up, she's Odin's firstborn. You remember that? Yep. Right? And she's like cast down to the underworld in a punishment or whatever. Um, the comics steer like more closely to her origins. Um the game does it right, though, in putting her in this campaign because she and Loki are up to no good all the damn time in the comics. Like, Hela wages war on Asgard, Midgard, routinely. Um, she's looking to claim souls because they, like, empower her. She takes particular interest in Odin and Thor. Um, she She's messing with those two all the time and trying to capture them and bring them down to Niflheim to be with her. Um, a super cool thing, though, is that if someone sacrificed themselves for another person, she'd think that was awesome and she'd let people go. Like, what? Yeah. Very yeah. early on, she had Thor because it's like she could have had Thor, right? Like, she's been after his soul forever. But he's like, well, I will give you my life because I'm willing to die for Sif. Um, in the myth, that's his wife. Um, Hell's like, oh, that's noble. And he lets, she lets them both go. Like, go back to being living? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, that's cool. That kind of generosity of spirit kind of goes away <laughs> over time in the comics. Uh, and by the end, she's just essentially a villain to the core. Like, that's that's who she is. Um, at one point, she teams up with Thanos. They even smooch and they're lovers. Did you guys know that? Ooh. I don't know how far that went because, you know, Thanos has his one true love. But I can see how yeah. death and hell be similar. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some art on that as we were talking about the Legions of Hell. Yeah, and yeah. I was, yeah. She tries Thanos. to like bring him back and stuff. Um, once he's beheaded, she tries to reconstruct him and things like that, and it doesn't go very well. And she gets all angry and vengeful. So um, they team up because he wants a version of Mjolnir from some other multiverse or something, and she sort of fails at getting it. But then she. Goes to live in Las Vegas, which I think is great. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Right? Like, she's she's sort of kicked out of Niflheim or loses her control of Niflheim from Angela, we'll talk about in a bit, and, and ends up in Vegas to prey on the souls of the unlucky. <laughs> I mean, great. that's awesome, right? Like, it's good, yeah. I mean, yeah. if there's a hell on earth, maybe, maybe. 
Um, so she's ultimately defeated by Angela. Um, and this has something to do with like when she sort of goes to Thanos to reclaim her power and her position and he's killed. And then she tries to resurrect him and in her frustration and all that. And she's sort of sucked into this black hole that she accidentally makes by shooting some missile into space or something. Um, <laughs> she eventually claws her way out. Uh, and that's sort of the last we hear of her in the comics, I think. Like, she's she sort of, uh, her whereabouts are unknown. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think she's, I think she's an interesting character in the myths because of, like, how little is said about her, right? So your imagination has to run wild with who she is. And we know she's one of Loki's monstrous children and, and all that. And in the comics, I don't know. She's, she seems to be a little, I don't know if one notes the right term. Like she's definitely more interesting than, than I found her to be in Ragnarok, the movie. Um, okay. But yeah, she's a little obvious in the comics. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great term for it. Now, there's something in the in her comic stories that you guys want to point out that you know more about. Like, I really just know her as a myth, as a uh, myth character. I just had a question. Uh, what does the myth have to say about her helmet? Right. Uh, yeah. Zero. Okay. No. I mean. So what you're telling me is this helmet was a choice, a choice made by people. But people <laughs> made fun. this. People made this happen, Mike. And they got paid to do it. Okay. Yeah. Um. When you think about it, it makes no sense. Well, if she's related to Loki, though, then it makes perfect sense because it's like a familial thing, right? Uh, <laughs> he's got the ridiculous helmet. She's got yeah. the ridiculous helmet. We need really stupid heavy horns that are easy to grab. Yeah. Yeah. No. Vikings do not have horned helmets. I don't know why Helen does. <laughs> I just think her neck muscles must be incredible. Yeah. yeah. Unless those are like, what could they be made out of? Balsa wood? I don't know. Paper mache. Paper mache. Well, that stuff gets heavy over time. We had that conversation. I'm telling you, it's just magic. It's straight up magic. Okay. You're right. We did have that conversation. It's a magical personification of her attitude. Right. Here now, Steve, you're steeped in you're steeped in the lore of these comics. There's something about Hella that you you find interesting, or you know more about, and can I know can speak I know. more of. I don't really know anything about Hella in the comics. So awesome. This is all new for me. What do you think of her in the game, Steve? Oh, I think her scenario is a lot of fun. It's uh, it's definitely interesting. It's different. It's reminiscent. Mm -hmm. We'll see of like Lord of the Rings scenario, sort of. Um, it's one of those that's not the same old, same old. So it's it's fun. I agree one hundred percent. Yes, maybe we should. Uh, well, Daniel, that that was really great. Thanks for. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, for the nice little lesson. And uh, I'm I'm I yeah. Hell is fun. She's great. I love the image of her. Love what she represents. Well, should we talk about the cards too then? Well, I guess that's ultimately why we're here. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk the Hella scenario, Mad Titan Shadow Box, fourth scenario, 19 total cards. But tonight we're going to do something different than we normally do with the villains. Normally we just sort of talk about their key cards and then we save the entire um, encounter set for part mm -hmm. two. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about Hella, her main scheme, Odin her mm -hmm. primary attachments, and then we're going to save all the odd scenario stuff, the quest for part two. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little bit different than we normally do. And in this scenario, you have, if you're going to play standard or expert, there are two different cards. 
So, Danny, why don't you tell us uh, all about the standard version of Hela? Sure. Hela is a villain with one scheme, one attack. She's Asgard and Mystic traded. Uh, both her scheme and her attack get plus one scheme and attack and plus two hit points she gets for each side scheme in the victory display. Wow. When she is defeated, if Odin is not attached to the main scheme, you win the game. So that's something we'll have to unpack mm-hmm. at a later date, folks. Now, the Hela that comes in this scenario is a double-sided character. She's got the Asgard mystic side, and then she has the Asgard wounded side. So when she is wounded, she becomes a 0-0 villain. Um, she cannot be defeated, and her forced response reads, after a side scheme is defeated, flip Hela to her mystic side. She has Damn. infinity hit points on that. Yeah. And eight, only eight hit points per player on her mystic side. And if you're playing expert, her mystic side is two and two. Um, she gets plus three hit points for every side scheme in the victory display. Um, and then her wounded side is one and one. But everything else reads the same. Oh, and on expert, she has nine hit points per player. Yeah, okay. So let's unpack this Lots for a second. To say. Lots to say. So. Yeah, without going on to the next piece, if you're going to play standard, you pick up one, uh, you pick up A1, and you're going to play against that. And in a solo game, she has eight hit points. You do eight damage to her. You're going to flip her over, and then she'll be wounded. And she has those infinity hit points where she cannot take any more damage, but you can still do damage to her, uh, which is an interesting piece. Actually, I should say a character with the infinite hit points cannot be defeated by taking damage. However, you can still deal damage to her. So that might play into cards you have or something like um, a Gamora, per se. She deals damage and she gets removed threat, that kind of thing. I see. But if you put damage on Hela's A2 and she flips back to A1, there's no damage on her, right? Right. Doesn't carry over. Doesn't carry over. Okay. No. That's important. Uh, and then if you're going to play an expert, you're going to you're going to have the B1 and the B2 out instead of the A1 and the A2. So you're going to you're going to want to hit her and punch her and try to defeat her. But we haven't saved Odin yet, so you can't really do anything. So maybe we should move on to the next card and it'll mm. make all of this a little clearer. Uh, Mike, why don't you give us the next card? This is Odin's Torment, the main scheme. Contents, the villain, Heladek. Two modular sets, Legions of Hell and Frost Giants are recommended, and of course the standard set. Set up, you attach Odin to the main scheme, captive side face up. You reveal Napalir and Garm. You set Yalabru, Scourge, Hall of Nistrand, and Nykod aside out of play and shuffle the encounter deck. Uh, that's a lot of words that I did not pronounce correctly. This is why <laughs> you wanted me to read the card. You murdered him. It was great. <laughs> Notice I asked Mike to read it. Yeah. yeah. Stieg, uh, we, ex- we expect your email forthwith. <laughs> okay, so we have a Hall of, Hall of Nastrond and uh, Eggnog here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. All right, so if you flip it over, you get Od- Odin's Torment, 1B. 18 threat per player. This thing's never going to steam out. Oof, ever. Never. In order to rescue Odin, you must make a perilous journey through hell. This starts with only a single threat per player. It goes up by one per player. That's it. Forced interrupts. Hela would be defeated if Odin is attached to the scheme. Discard each attachment from Hela and flip her to her wounded side instead. 
And this is, of course, the only scheme. Okay, so there we go. The Odin allies attached to this. You punch Hela a bunch of times. Odin's still attached here because there's a way to detach him. So she'll flip. And then you clear a side scheme. She flips back. So that's going to happen throughout the whole scenario, right? You're going you're to flip her to wounded. She's going to flip back to mystic. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I feel like in the art, Odin's really kind of let himself go. He's punchy. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like he should be strong enough to break that little chain out of the wall. I mean, but, this is the All-Father. This yeah. is... Like, there must yep. be something else going on here. Yeah. You know, I mean, he knows everything that's going to happen, right? Like, he's all-seeing, and I guess he's just like, well, this is supposed to be like this. Those guys are going to come and get me, so I'll just wait. <laughs> Someone will save me. <laughs> yeah. Woof. All right. Well, Steve, who is who is the All-Father? Who is Odin? Odin. So we don't have any lore on Odin. Daniel, why don't you tell us a tiny bit about Odin? Well, geez, this put me on the spot. Um, well, we all know he is the king of the Norse gods, right? Um, what else do you need to know? Uh, he, he, why would Hela be so, like, why would she target him? Well, you, you go to the top, right? Okay. All right. So I mean, ambition I, is what you're telling I like, me. I like, I like a lot of things about Odin. And I like, you know, he... He plucks out his own eye to gain wisdom. He hangs himself from a tree for seven days to learn poetry. Like, this guy is great. That's how you gain wisdom? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, not, no, that's not. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, um, yeah, I mean, Odin, he's, he's what happens after, like, a really long stretch of myth systems going up through Europe, through Germany, and all that kind of stuff, and they end up, they end up with him. Okay. It's also why I think the Scandahuvians were kind of easy. It was more easy for them to convert to Christianity than other peoples because they already had things in place that just sounded already like Christian stuff. The hanged God, that kind of thing. Odin's like that. Okay. Cool stuff. There's, I mean, I, if, if I had prepped Steve, I could go for days on this. All right. But, well, I'll catch you up there then. We don't want that. Okay. <laughs> This is going to get all religion-y. All right, so I'm going to bring it back then. So there's this card, also a double-sided card, that mm. will be attached to the main scheme at setup. It is Odin. He's a unique ally. Uh, they're giving us an ally. Okay. Mm. Uh, zero mm. cost, two thwart, three attack. Both of them have double consequential damage. Six health. So you can use their abilities three times. He's Asgard and Captive. While Odin is not attached to the main scheme, he gains, the first player gains control of Odin. Odin cannot have cards attached and does not count against the ally limit. If Odin leaves play, the players lose the game. Okay, I got a rules question. Yes. Because this has come up in games. Does the first player gain control of Odin and keep Odin, or does Odin jump around the table every turn when the first player marker moves? He jumps around the table. All right. According to Alex at FFG, this question was brought up actually and long story short the ruling is there's no mechanical difference between the first player gains control of and the first player controls so anytime you see that that card will move every time the first player moves for that's true for odin that's true for cosmo that's true for garm that we'll see next week all those sort of things that means also hmm. if thor was to use get over here 
on like say an ally Garm we're going to talk about that moves over to Thor, it would move and then immediately move back. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Really? Okay. Yep. Like right. there's a little timing window, so Thor could get all his benefits, but then the ally will move back. So I'm guessing then, I didn't play it this way. Did we? We did not, but we only had control of Odin for a turn. Oh, okay. so didn't make too much of a difference. Understood. All right. In our in our recent gameplay. Okay, so Odin has the opportunity to be flipped uh, to his king side, and on his king side, he's three thwart four attack, double consequential damage on both, six health. He's Asgard and king. First player gains control of Odin. Odin cannot have encounter cards attached and does not count against the ally limit. Force interrupt when Odin leaves play, remove him from the game. Ah, so you don't lose. Yeah. Now, okay. if you are playing this in campaign, there's an opportunity for you to flip Odin from his captive side to his king side. But if you are not playing campaign, you do not get that opportunity. Tough bananas. Right. You just get his captive version. Interesting that his, uh, his cost is zero. That must be for those encounter cards that say discard the highest cost ally you control or yada yada. What if there's one that says discard the lowest cost ally you control? <laughs> and Is then there you one? just lose. I don't know. And then you lose the game. I, boy, there needs to be one. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Game over. Uh, uh. So yeah. So Odin will be attached to the main scheme. Eventually you'll rescue him. And once you've mm. rescued him and then defeat Hela after that, then you can win the game. But prior to detaching him from the main scheme, all you can do is flip her to mitigate her damage and her attack and scheme, go lower, that sort of thing, and help remove some of her attachments. Now, there's some pretty nasty attachments we can talk about. They are fantastic. A fantastic collection of items. Yeah. Give us the first one, Daniel. The first is Hela's Cloak. This is an attachment you attach to Hela, and she gains Stalwart. It has a special boost. Uh, attach Hela's cloak to Hela. That's good. Now, Hela's no ordinary warrior, and my weapons are no ordinary weapons. Do you think she really speaks about herself in the third person like that? Oh, I hope not. I do too. But probably. Too. Maybe, Maybe just that one time, hopefully. Sometimes, I guess, like, powerful people sometimes do that for themselves, don't they? I feel like everyone in the 60s in Marvel Comics spoke in the third person. Really? Okay. Well, she, right. she switches. In this quote, she switches from third person to first person. Halfway through. Oh, wow. So that's upsetting. Been... Yeah. Now, Daniel, do you have a piece oh. of lore about this cloak? You know what's funny? In, in the comics, so here in our game, it gives her stalwart, which is a nice thing. Right? That's great. Yeah. In the comics, like, she's literally powerless without the cloak. Like, she can't take physical form. She, like, reverts to that half-corpse entity that I described earlier. She's like... She basically can move only by crawling, like, oh. like without that cloak, she is, she's like literally nothing outside of Niflheim, huh. which I think is interesting. So, uh, I guess that means stalwart, <laughs> 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 right? Yeah. Like, yeah, she's that was interesting to learn to learn about because thinking about this cloak, it's fine, but doesn't seem that big of a deal. Yeah. Because I don't know how often you're stunning and confusing Hela. Well, I will talk about that in the gameplay of this. Totally but. depends on what kind of hero you're playing. I tend to shy away from those kind of decks, but they're out there. Yep. I think Miles Morales would 
have a tough time against her. Yeah. Power off of stunning and confusing. Yeah, anytime you can't, any, anytime the villain can just negate a hero's tactic, it's good for the villain, right? Because um, she wants to be activating because she has some, you know, she has a few cards that are going to let her activate additional times, and she's getting the bonus scheme and attack as you advance through the side schemes. Um, so not being stunned means she can do that much more damage to you, and you have to fair pay more attention to her. Yeah. I retract my ignorant statement. Oh, I don't think it was ignorant. I have to retract something too, Daniel. It's okay. What's that? What are you retracting? Well, she doesn't have a helmet, so it's okay. Vikings don't have the horn helmets. That's it's fine. She doesn't have one either. Oh, oh right. Helmet. It's a crown. It's Hela's crown. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it all makes okay. Anyway, it all makes sense. This is an item. You attach it to Hela. Force response after Hela schemes. Give her a face down boost card. It gives her plus one scheme. And it's got a special boost. Hang on here. Uh, attach Hela's crown to Hela. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Nice. You know what that crown reminds me of? I wish, I wish on every tip of it there was a candle. <laughs> because it kind of reminds me of like those little you know candle crowns in like the Santa Lucia that the Scandinavian like girls will wear like in holiday times. Be fitting for her. Like yeah, a, a crown of lit candles, which flip I always thought was kind of dangerous, but. You flip it over, it looks like a spider thing. So yeah, right. It's yeah. it's cool as a thing. I just yeah, it's a distracting headwear. <laughs> so the ability, it's pretty nice, but easily missed, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Brutal ability, really. When you think about it. Yeah, it works out really nice. Say you had two, you're playing a three-player game, and you have two people who are in alter ego, and one that's in a hero form. <laughs> She schemes, then passes over a boost card to the next guy who gets a double boost to a scheme, who then passes over an, an extra boost card to the third guy who gets, like, he's a hero, so he gets two uh, boost cards for the attack. So, Or or any combination thereof. It's pretty nice. Yep. Extra boost cards are always good for the villain. I think you have to pay attention that it's there, though, because it could, it could get missed. And I, I think that's also really nice because with 18 threat per player on the main scheme people are going to spend a little bit more time in alter ego. So, right, you're going to flip, you're going to recover, you're going to do whatever you got to do because you got all this time in the world until the threat hits 18. Then you flip back to hero form the next turn, like playing solo, and you're going to hit twice as hard. So you didn't really avoid, you know, those that extra boost card. You didn't, you're still taking damage even though you mm. flipped out of it one turn. So that sounds I think like a that's a great really, idea. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Flipping to alter ego all the time. I love it. Yeah, you do guys it. Do- do it, everybody. <laughs> well, she's got one more item, Steve. Yeah, this is cool. Uh, this is Knight Sword, an attachment, a weapon attached to Hela. Gives Hela plus one attack and piercing. Mm. And her boost is attached Knight Sword to Hela. Many heroes have fallen to Hela and her accursed blade. So uh, what's the lore behind Knight Sword, Daniel? There isn't much other than in the comics. Uh, she's... A pretty proficient blade master, Mike. Um, and uh, she does defeat someone named Pluto with it. And I'm not sure if it's that's the Disney dog <laughs> or like planet, the planet or the Roman named god of. Oh, you know, that makes sense. I feel like it could go either way. It could go. <laughs> it's any number of those. 
Um, so yeah, she's she is a sword a sword master in the comics, and I think in, in the movies too, she's pretty good with the blade. Yeah, she so. throws blades and stuff. Yeah, she doesn't like swing Does it around. Does she have a sword, sword in the Ragnarok? Does she like? No, she uh, she sort of creates blades in her hands and then flicks them around. She takes on yeah, like the right. Loki pose and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. I got to give the designers some credit here because they have done exactly what we've been asking them to do. Uh, they've been helping the villains out with this boost effect that says, attach all these things to Hela. Yep. That's exactly what we needed. You're not getting away from them. What it really needs is also three boost icons next to it. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it comes off being a zero. Yeah. Um, and remember, folks, when that sword attaches to her as a boost effect, the plus one damage is there. Yep. So yes, you can target acquired it away, but there's three of them now, and that's kind of a small deck. We can talk about it later, but you know, when there's all those dead things in front of you, it doesn't have a very large encounter deck. True. We cycle through this pretty fast in some of our games. Yeah, there there are like 19 cards in her set, but a bunch of them get pulled out right at the beginning and don't end up in there. So, and that includes Hella, her main scheme, all the side schemes we're going to talk about, all those special minions we pulled off so yeah the set can be pretty small odin yeah um she's she's gonna make a lot more sense next week yeah what we can see if we go back to the main scheme it says force interrupt when hella would be defeated if Owen is attached to the main scheme discard each attachment from hella and flip her to a wounded side so that's the only way the heroes can remove these attachments you'll notice there's no other mm-hmm. way there's no printed way you can't use visions ability um you have to knock her down to zero health then she'll clear these. They'll go into the, the encounter deck, and eventually she'll get them back. But but if they attach to her while she's wounded, they stay on her. She'll flip back to her mystic side, and they stay on her the whole time she's on her mystic her. side. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice if they they attach to her while she's wounded. It's even better. So currently, the only two defenses you have are defiance and target acquired, right? And defiance is just crapshoot. Right. You'd have to know it was coming with some sort of scrying of the encounter deck. Yeah. A little Spider-Woman trick. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hear you can do that. Yeah. Word on the street. As long as someone doesn't play Angela right after. (laughs) (laughs) Mess everything up. Who would do that? that? (laughs) Well, this was fun, Steve. Mike, thank you guys. It was good. Yeah, that's a good start for... Hell is cool. Okay, Mike. How do the folks get a hold of us? Hey, folks, you know what I want to know? I want to know what you think her crown is made of. Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Duke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Hella, take us out. Dötskudinen kan ikke drepast. Velkommen til nummer 134 av Critical Encounters, en podcast om Marvel Champions, et levende kortspill av Fantasy Flight Games. Her skal vi ta en god kikk på den mest kritiske delen av spillet, jernmannen. Vi skal diskutere de misforståtte oppgraderingene, de urettferdige markastøttene og de varierende måtene fanboyen Daniel uttrykker sin kjærlighet for denne mannen i gult og rødt. 
Agastigmo, bueno, Oher, Fan Boen, Daniel, Itelag, Testiv, and Mike. <laughs> Dan, can you translate that for us? Yeah, I can tell you exactly what he said. What did he say? Okay, you ready? Yeah. He said, Welcome to issue 134 of Critical Encounters, a <laughs> podcast about Marvel Champions, you know, that kind of stuff. Are you sure? Pretty sure. You sure he didn't call you some sort of fanboy of Iron Man? Um, it's entirely <laughs> possible. Uh, God, that was beautiful. Who was that? So that that was Steak, and he did not just read the intro. That was definitely a uh, a gag he was trying to play on Daniel. So <laughs> Daniel's going to have to go back and listen to that. And see I, you know, exactly there were some things. There were some things I heard at the near the end where I'm like, wait. He said my name long before he should have said my name. <laughs> um, yeah. And he said I was some type of manin. So, well, yeah, I need to de- uh, I need to give it another listen because I feel like Steeg's been making fun of me for a while. He just did pretty good. So uh, yeah. I have the real intro here and uh, we'll play the real intro and maybe we'll put that in our uh, uh, post credits for you. How's that? Yeah, right. I want to hear it. All right, here's the real intro, guys. One, <laughs> two, three. Hey, there we go. That there we go. A lot closer. Um, so that was that was beautifully done. Thank you, Steve. No, uh, I had my window open the first one and only caught the last half, but it didn't <laughs> oh. sound right. Um, I heard Val Coleman and then nothing from a siren. <laughs> <laughs>